Hey, good evening, everybody on the internet who listens to us, y'all, one to a million of you. Uh, so we got Kent and Chris for episode 29 of Kenter at Your Own Risk, where this week we will be discussing episode three of House of the Dragon, the second of his name. Um, how you doing, Kent? Man, today has been a long day. So, so let's get sidetracked immediately, okay? Um, As we do. The, the past two days, I have woke up drinking a glass of wine at like 6 a.m. Um, just been eating horrible all week because I had like leftovers from last week's party. And so like sometime around noon, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get off my fat ass, put on some sweatpants, and go for a walk. And walk I did, except there was no damn benches along the, the rail trail like there was over in Gloversville. Like in Johnstown... This path that I took, all five miles that I walked, and I have not exercised in years, plural, my body is beat the fuck up. Just saying. Just from walking. But, you know, that that's a lot for a guy that hasn't done jack shit in forever. It's always, always fun that first time that you jump back in. Oh, uh, gosh. Yeah. I used to, when I was going to the gym a lot, when I was still in the army, I would, I would hit it too hard, and then I would walk around like I, like I was jacked. But it was basically just because I couldn't, like, stretch my arms out to their normal extension. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Like, my, yeah. my body's like, you are going to be limited in movement for the next three months. Deal with it. <laughs> uh, I haven't had too bad a week. It's been busy at work, uh, you know, which is always fun compounding on to, the, you know, now that this is the season that, like, all the shows I want to watch start up, all the things I want to talk about with you are going on, you know, everything's getting busy in my games or, you know, new games are releasing, you know, at the same time. So it's, I feel like, um, you know, just between doing all of that shit and then trying to spend some time with my wife and my son, you know, there's like, I have to multitask to get everything done on a weekly basis at this point. It should slow down by November for me, but, uh, yeah, the next couple of weeks are going to be tough. I, I, I have two questions. One's a lot easier than the other. Have you seen like that? There's a trailer for um, Dead Island Two, the video game. I know that there's a trailer, but I haven't watched it. I mean, I don't. What do you What do you think? Like, I really, I played Dead Island. I never played um, what Riptide. was this? Yeah, I never played Riptide, and I, it was it was okay. I like I liked the idea, and I really liked Dying Light up until I got to the end of the. What was the the following? Right. And I, yeah. I never played the second one to that. I mean, I know it's not technically the same, but I mean, it's the same fucking game with it, par- it, added There's parkour. a lot of it to it, yeah. yeah. I, I, well, Rayleigh and I are playing through Riptide right now because Halo Infinite still, they, they just were like, no, we're still not going to do online co-op for campaigns, so you're just going to have to wait a few more months. So I'm like... All right, what are we going to play? So Riptide it was, and then I found out that there was the trailer. And, and quite frankly, I'm a huge fan of Dead Island despite all of its flaws. And I say it's better for me because I actually purchased Dying Light for myself and for Eric. We could never play together because it was broken. I mean, I remember my my brother talked me into getting it, and we played like four co-op missions together, and then... Never touched it again. So, like, this year, I was finally like, you know what? I, this has been sitting in my library for, like, three years. Let me go through and and play it, 
you know, especially because they, um, when they stopped supporting it, they gave away all of the rest of the DLC, you know, like the clothing packs and stuff that you hadn't purchased away for free. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, even though I wasn't, you know, playing like fashion, you know, uh, Dying Light like you do with like Dark Souls or Destiny or something like that, you know, it was still nice just to, to see that develop, uh, from the developer. I mean, there was stuff I really, like, I, I enjoyed the parkour. I really enjoyed, um, like, what they did with the light. You know, that was, yeah, that was a cool thing, being outside in the daytime for most of it. And then having the night f- really feel, like, treacherous. Yeah, they they did, they had a lot of good ideas. Um, and probably it was smoother gameplay. This is definitely a, an instance where I think because I played Dead Island first, I, I had the soft spot for it. I've never yeah. beaten all of Dying Light, but I've played through Dead Island ten times at least. Like my, Sam B. <laughs> my biggest problem with those games is just the fact that like you don't get attached to any weapons because they break. You know, it, it's... Oh. Yeah, you're so constantly getting yeah. up. Uh, you're constantly gaining a level. So, oh, I got this orange. It'll last me at most five levels, and then you're better off with a green. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. No, I I hear you on that. Um, my and, second question. Oh, if you want to keep going, go. I would say like my one request, you know, suggestion would be allow you to, you know, if you get an orange, allow you to upgrade it. And, you know, allow them you to repair your weapons, you know, use that for the the breakdown mechanic. And I guess a lot of people enjoy crafting, but I mean, I never bothered because you're always finding so much shit. You know, until you get to like right. the, the very end game where you're like, okay, now that I know that the, the end is coming up, I can, you know, upgrade, well, add on, you know, all the mods to everything I got because I don't, I'm not going to be picking shit up. Yeah. Well, not yeah. only that, in, in a game like at least the first two Dead Islands, it was you specialized in a particular weapon, whether it be hand to hand, whether it be blades or blunt, whatever. So, like, I I I get the purpose of it, but you just end up getting rid of so many good weapons that are completely useful, but not necessarily in your character's hand, as opposed to I'll just throw out like Borderlands where. You know, by and large, every gun is pretty well competent in most characters' hands. Yeah, I mean, especially in the later ones, it's not as bad as, like, Borderlands 1 with, with like, you know, Roland having specific assault rifle trees or Mordecai, you know, being the only person who got bonuses for snipers kind of shit. And Brick with, 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 yeah, rockets. rockets and grenades and and stuff. You know, so they, they diversified to make... So, yeah, if you wanted to play with a submachine gun, you know, on... Salvador and a rocket launcher in your other hand, you could do that, you know, without feeling like you were gimping yourself. Right. I, you know, I, I just want to throw this out there. Thank you, Gearbox, for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands because, you know, you asked me to pay you an extra $30 for the DLC, the, the DLC that takes all of 30 minutes to complete and you guys don't have plans to do anymore and you kind of ripped off everybody and you can all go straight to hell well i'm now that you've told me that i'm kind of really glad i haven't bought it yet i i think eric did too I, we we pre-ordered I, I pre-order all all the borderlands games and usually i'm like well i may as well pay now for the season pass i want to support the game nope nope 
I am done pre-ordering almost any game that's not like a from software. I, uh, I I think there's certain yeah, it's going to be more of certain publishers than anything else. Yeah, it, or, yeah. or or um companies, I should say, because publishers don't necessarily, you know, like I don't want to support Activision versus or EA versus, you know, like the individual company actually making the game. But um. I mean, the other thing, like, I, I play most of them on PC, just because, like, if if I was on a day shift schedule, it would probably be easier to get in with, with playing stuff with, like, you and Eric, but because my schedule flip-flops around and I, I, I'm nights, so, like, even if I could be with you, you know, playing with you, there are, like, three or four days in a row where I'll be working and uh, uh, you'd be playing. So, I mean, it, it's just rough. So, yeah. uh, um most of the Borderlands stuff I've, I mean, I, I played like Borderlands two. I had for three sixty, I had for one. I bought it for PC. You know, I bought a copy for my mom. You know, I just I love that fucking game. So I, I have it on like every fucking console that I've been able to play it on. But um, like Borderlands three, I waited until it came off of Epic to get it on Steam. And the same thing like Team Tiny Tina Wonderlands just um, came out like a month or two ago, but since nobody was playing it, you know, I wasn't about to rush to pick it up. Hell no. I mean, it's, it's a good game, but you know, it's a 20 hour game. So, uh, I just don't know how much, I mean, yes, you can elongate it like any other game, but feasibly it's a 20 hour game. I mean, did they do the thing like they did in Borderlands three, where you hit max level before you finished the game? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and there's that no, kills so much of it. Yeah. There's no content. It is so the DLC is you go do like random stages, and there can be like certain things that you can make it so it's harder. So when you finish, you get a better payout. So then you can put it in these like I don't know, not slot machines, but a randomizer to see what you get and hope for the best. And that's end game content. It's just there's not even like raid bosses. There, there's just there's yeah. Nothing. I mean, that's the Borderlands two. Nailed it the right way. It was giving you, you know, the progressive difficulty levels and then the OP vault levels to go through yes. and not being able to hit max level until that point. Whereas, like, Borderlands 3, when I hit level 30 before I finished the campaign and, the, you know, the new level caps with each DLC that came out, it was like, okay, so now that I'm max level, all I have to do is make the game, you know, that much more difficult by running it on, you know, the extremes of the mayhem levels in order to, to get better loot and yeah. all i'm getting is gear score you know rather than you know the difference between something at like level 50 and level 72 in borderlands 2 was phenomenal while the difference between something in like mayhem 4 and mayhem 10 might be like 1k dps yeah i don't know. yeah it, th- yeah there's there's a lot of flaws with what gearbox is doing and I don't think they can get out of their own way. It doesn't appear because if you think about it, pre-sequel was a letdown. Borderlands 3, the gameplay mechanics got better, but the story was atrocious. And this one, the ga- the story was great again. Uh, the gameplay was great again. It was short, and now there's no endgame count. Like, well, just... Yeah. I mean, I guess the next one will be the first one we'll really see how being bought out works for them. Because this will be the first one coming out that uh, will be completely developed since Embracer Group bought uh, 
what were they? Uh, Gearbox. Yeah, I didn't even know they got bought out. So. Yep. Okay, well that's good because every time I've tried to go like to support, they're like, "You need to direct your attention to this," and then I'd go there and they say, "You know, you gotta direct your question." After about three different emails, I was just like, "Nope, screw you guys." And the other thing will be interesting to see is I really liked Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah, I, oh, I, yeah. I enjoyed the Telltale games, and mm-hmm. they just announced last month. I think it was maybe Gamescom or uh, maybe it was the, the PlayStation. Anyways, they announced. Um, Tales from the Borderland Season 2. Good. I, I hope that I'd like that, and I would really like... Because they did really good with the Walking Dead series, by and large. I'd like to, for them to tackle like something to do with the Whispers. I think that'd be a, a good story that they could do with that. I, I mean, I don't know. I really... At this point, like Telltale exists, but it's not the same one. I mean, I know they're doing a couple of, the, a couple of games, but, I mean, the, the, the company folded... And then got like reestablished. Yeah, it's very weird what happened with them. So I mean, it's the first confusing. the first thing they got coming out is Wolf Among Us season two, and I love the first one. I love the comic. Like one of the worst nights for me spending money wise at work. I they discounted the entire series of Fables down to like three bucks a pop for the um, graphic novels online, and I bought all thirty one of them. Wow, nice. <laughs> Until my ma- my wife saw the uh, <laughs> credit card statement. She was happy. Um, no. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love that series. Um, anyways, uh, to get back to <laughs> House of the Dragons from the video Wait, we're doing a, a podcast about House of the Dragon? You could have fooled me. So anyways, uh, episode three. <laughs> um, ah... Overall, and I, I spoke through this just a second with you before we started tonight. I this was like a, an hour and twelve minute episode, and I liked like forty minutes of this a lot, and like the other thirty minutes, um, actually put me to sleep. So, <laughs> I mean, this was by far the yeah. weakest episode as of you know three episodes in, which isn't a huge thing, but I could absolutely see this being the weakest episode of the whole first season, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. It was slow at times, it was plotting at times, it focused on just... Well, it focused on basically three characters, and... I mean, eventually we're going to have a litany of characters that we can... You know, we'll only get like eight to ten minute segments with them a week, and it'll be refreshing. But right now we just don't have all those people, because I I don't know who they're going to establish, quite frankly. Uh, I mean, it's for me. It's not even that because, like, think back to Game of Thrones. Like, you without without reading the books beforehand. I mean, you had no idea who would end up being the major characters in the later seasons. You know, at the first couple of episodes. Oh hell no! I mean, and they did a good job of subverting stuff with that. Like, the king dies. The king's hand dies. Keldrogo dies. I mean, a lot of the what would typically have been main characters ended up getting murked off in season one. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not worried so much about like which characters to follow as long as the, the, the writing is well. And I think this was, that's where this suffered. Like the part where this episode where it was like character drama, 
I enjoyed. It was really good. The part where it was like action scenes to me didn't make sense. And a lot of it was just smoke and confusion and darkness, depending upon if, if we were talking about the scene at the beginning or the scene at the end. Um, you know, it, it's funny that the showrunner who just left the show um, is like basically the guy who get credited with doing most of the best action scenes in the uh, first series, Game of Thrones. He did like the, the Battle for the Wall and the Battle of the Bastards and um, I think a couple more of the ones in like um, season eight. Like, uh, I forgot what the episode was called. The one where Jamie and Bronn are get attacked by the Dothraki and the dragon. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he didn't direct this episode, and I think it shows. Yes, it did. And I really want somebody to tell them, take it easy on the dark scenes, because I, no matter how good your TV is, like... Most people, like at least half people's TV, sometimes too dark looks horrible still today. Yeah. It, it just does. So, I don't know. Try to find a way to keep it dark, but a little lighter maybe, so it doesn't look like crap all the time. Like, I nothing should look like crap on a TV that I got in, I think it was a 2019 uh, model. Well, I mean, at least yours is new, because I got my TV in uh, 2012. You're keeping it real. I, you know, I keep it real until it goes wrong. Until <laughs> <laughs> the wheels fall off. Um, Alright, I, I have lots of complaints, but I, I guess let's go through the episode, uh, kind of, and... Alright, so, well, so again, we get, we get another big time jump in this one, but we don't, I don't... Do they say it right away? No, but was was it implied three years, basically, uh, at some point? Yeah, I think we get it after the first couple of scenes, because the first couple of scenes are... No, I, you know what? Was there... No, after... Was there, was there like a just, like a, a list of, like, like, a title scroll thing going on? Because I kind of remember it saying that it's been, like, a couple of years... Oh, uh, there might have been. All I know when, is I have Damon, written down yeah. three or so years later. Yeah. Um, because, well, I guess I it was implied though, because Viserys is with his two-year-old son. So, but it's, I think that was it. Starts with the the battle scene in the nighttime when Damon goes solo with his dragon to try to call out the crab feeder, and the the crab feeder is torturing the dude. He's um, you know, uh, pegging him into a spike and throwing crabs on him. And then the guy's like, "Oh, Prince Damon's here to save me, Prince Damon!" And then the dragon just steps on him. Then you're like, "That scene was fantastic." <laughs> like, I, that's why it sucks to be a commoner in Westeros. Uh, and the dragon's name is Caraxes. Is that correct? I think so. And Don't ask me to spell it. Uh, C a r a x e s. I watch with subtitles, and I assume that they're accurate since it's not like uh, you know, like a live sport, for example. Yeah, um, and we also found out that uh, the crab feeder's name was Drehar. I don't think we heard that prior. Um, maybe once, but yeah, mostly they've just called him the crab feeder. Yeah. Well, I I kind of I I liked the scene because it had a mixture of a lot of things going on. I actually I really liked this was a good beginning scene, and then. 
Well, we'll get into this. My my questions with it later. All right. Overall, when we get to the end, we'll get to. I'll get to that. So then we go to, like you said, I don't know. I don't know if this is when it says it or not. But the the king's new son, with Allison, is now two years old, and he he's Aegon, and it's his name day. What 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 the hell does the second name day mean? Is that like getting your middle name? Is that the premise? Um, I think it's basically like they see if you're going to live long enough to actually, you know, present you to everybody and say this is your name. Oh, that's. I don't know if that's morbid or smart or both. Uh, uh, I mean, I could be wrong. But I seem to recall, you know, like nobility had to present, you know, this is my heir, he's free of defects, do you accept him, yada, 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 kind of shit. That makes sense. I, I, yeah, I was sitting there like, maybe he just doesn't have a middle name yet. But <laughs> what you're saying makes a lot more sense than my whatever. I don't know. I mean, I have not studied in depth the uh, no, nobil- nobility practices of Westeros. Yeah. Any more than you're, just, you're letting me down. You're letting everybody I'm, down by not knowing this I'm sorry. very specific thing. I'm sorry, guys. If if you wanted to know where to go, to, I don't know. Anyways, listen, um, I, I'm yeah. carrying my part by suggesting it's a middle name day. You're supposed to have real answers. <laughs> but um, so anyways, three years later, Aegon's two. It's about to be his name day. Uh, a knight arrives, reports the stepstones are under siege. And Viserys says, fuck it, it's my son's birthday, or name day. I'm not going to worry about it today. Uh, Rhaenyra hasn't been seen. Damon's been pushing his men too hard, and the enemy is safe from the dragons and caves. And Otto's like, fuck it, we didn't start the swords. Corley's and uh, Damon's problem. Let them deal with it. Hey, we also met uh, uh, Otto's brother, Hobart. Yep. You know what? I uh I remember this too. We we cut to um Renera in the Kingswood in a bard singing to her and I was like, Holy shit, is that Jaskier from The Witcher? And my wife my wife's like the same thing. She's like, Oh my god, is that who I think it is? It sounded like him. You know, I was about to be like, Wait, are you gonna toss a coin to your fucking princess? But um then we get a close up and it's not him. And we we should also point out that we we met Thailand Lannister as well, our first Lannister of the series. Did we meet him at that? Yes. Yeah, we did. Yes, he was. He's actually the fucking knight who comes in and is talking about the um, the shit, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he wants the crown's help. Because he's yeah. I was like, nah. He's rich. Yeah. Um. So Alicent comes to find uh, Rhaenyra, and she's pregnant again. And Ren- Rhaenyra's. Quick question. Being a teenager. All right. It, yeah. The the tree. Is it a weirwood, godswood? I, I'm confused by what tree. The, the, the godswood is like the name of the forest or the little copse that they have the trees in. And a weirwood is the actual tree that has the face of the old gods in it. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Tefor. Um, so the... Royal family's all traveling in their coach, and Viserys is like, Renary, you should go on a boar hunt. She's like, ah, why would I want to do that thing? <laughs> what did she say? They, did, they sound horrible when they, they cry? Yeah. When they, yeah. yeah. 
I just want to point out one thing. The dude who played Samwell, the, the minstrel, mm-hmm. he really did a great job. He's like, no, you must stay. No, you must go. And he his reaction <laughs> yeah. was yeah. really good. I, I just wanted to get, I don't know if we'll see him much, but if we do, he did a really good job. But yeah, 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 as you said, she didn't like the noise that it makes. So the coach arrives at camp. Uh, she's all still being a teenager. Viserys is starting to look like um, he's aging. You know, this is, I think, the third scene is the first time where you really see, like, how thin his hair is getting. Is it weird? Like, I, I took a specific note that it was kind of nice, just once in the franchise, to have the king be there and people are actually seemingly, like, happy to have them. Like, did we ever get that in Game of Thrones? Um... I don't really think we did. I, I like, think this is the first you had, time. You had people applauding Robert at times, but, I mean, that was at, like, the the tourneys and the, the hunts that he get. you know, rather than, yeah. like, yeah. It's, I think people are genuinely happy. To, I think, I don't know, am I wrong in saying that it appears that people like Viserys? No, I I think he's, I think he's a, a popular king, and to quote to one of the questions from your uh, blog this week, you know, I think one of his biggest problems is the fact that he wants to be popular and wants to be liked rather than necessarily making the tough decisions that would cause him to not be liked. Although I would agree. Although he's dug in his heels, as we'll find out later, in regards to his daughter, um, he still doesn't like push that enough in order to make sure that everybody is on board with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got their conflicts. This, this had a lot of conflict this episode internally. Yeah. Um, so we get some more sullenness from the princess. There's a scene where, um, the, the women are talking about what's going on. And And it was the lady Sierra, Sarah Lannister that seemed to be the troublemaker. I was like, of course it was a Lannister. Lannister. (laughs) I need to know more about Laris Strong's foot because that iron boot of his was awesome. Yeah. And then, um, uh, Rhaenyra gives like her, her go, Snap kind of come back. I was like, yeah. <laughs> the, the cake line was so good. Yeah. So we go from the, the women talking shit to each other to Jason Lannister introducing himself to Rhaenyra. Okay, can, we, can I just say, it, did, am I the only person that found it weird that there was like a dude just named Jason? I, I know we've had a John, I know we've had some common names, but I don't know. Jason just kind of stood out as a weird name for this show for me. I don't know why. Maybe I'm being weird. Maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just didn't expect to have a Jason in the show. That's all. Didn't we have a, didn't we have a Jason played? in? Um, I mean, spelled differently, but in um, Game of Thrones. Did we? Oh no! No, never mind. All right. Well, no. What was it? What was the dude's name? Um, the guy who freed Arya, the face- faceless dude. 
Oh, Je- Je- oh man. I want to say like Jahara, but I'm way off. Well, his last name was Hakar, but wasn't it like J A C E N? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 on the money. Right, By the yeah. way, I just want to throw this out there on IMDb. Like one of the first things that comes up is a picture of Brendan Fraser, and I didn't know that was Brendan Fraser. And yeah, he he looks happy, but he's a much larger man now. I did not know that. Um. Well, I mean, he's in the whale where he had to. Um, did he have to gain the weight? Is that the premise? he didn't? Well, he didn't gain the weight. Like all of it. Like um, I think they said he was in like three hundred pounds of prosthetics for it. Oh wow! But okay. um, I, I, I mean, I've I've seen him since he he started coming back and stuff. Like I love Doom Patrol. I think that's one of the best shows on TV, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be canceled. So, fuck you, Zaslav. Um, but um, uh, I just read a, an interview with him where he was being interviewed after you know going through the the whale at the film festival, and he's he was saying you know like he actually like destroyed his body. Working on like George of the Jungle and the the Mummy franchise, yeah. And so you know, in addition to being blacklisted after you know he came out and accused the guy who molested him of molesting him, he had to go through like spine surgeries and knee surgeries and you know all all of this course of treatment for you know the stuff that that was damaged and broke. And he he was like, you know, I just can't exercise that way anymore. So I ended up you know in rehab putting on a bunch of weight and then you know i was depressed because of what was going on and you know my personal life and didn't end up losing it so that worked out perfectly because i figured you would go on a little bit of a tangent which bought me just enough time to find out it was Jacques Ken. okay Car. oh yeah that's right j-q-e-n j-a-q-e-n well okay yeah. i mean we had john and we did have a john yeah and a robert so. mm-hmm. ned Ed. Eddard. <laughs> Sam. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy we got another Sam. We had a Peter, but P-E-T-Y-R. Yeah. Yeah, but, so. well, I mean, we got all the Targaryens with weird names. We don't need to... Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I Listen, I just want, like, somebody named Mark next week's episode, okay? That's all I'm asking. Where, where's Chris? Huh? <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> Listen, I, I can assure you we're never going to get a damn Kent in there, and that's okay. If Kent shows okay. up this season, I'm going to be like, see? <laughs> that will blow my mind, because it, the first time I heard Kent Brockman on The Simpsons, I was like, my mind was blown. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So, the Lannisters, he's a twin with long hair compared to the his other brother, who seems more reasonable. And he Played start- by the same guy, right? Yeah, I think so. He starts macking on her and being like, hey, uh, you know, I can build a dragon pit for you. And she's like, or a dragon pit. And he's, he's like, why would you need to? And he's like, oh, for when you fucking marry me and I bring you to the, uh, you know, the rock, Cashley Rock. Yeah, it's an awesome place. This dude had everything going. He did everything the right way. I applaud everything that Lord Jason Lannister did. Uh... I, I feel that's that's the best approach. You know, if you don't know a girl, but you know she has dragons, you say, I got money. I can build a dragon pit. Come on. Let's just get married. Come on. Uh, well, obviously, it doesn't work with Rhaenyra. So she 
takes off and races off on her horse after she yells at her dad. And yeah, that's why I'm really good with women. <laughs> <laughs> so Sir Kristen chases her and stops her before she has a horse accident. And then they chat and walk. I'm going uh, forever keep calling him Crispin. And I hope he gets called Crispin at least one more time. I mean, he's probably going to run into Damon at least one more time, so probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they they explain that they are hunting a white heart stag, which has been seen, uh, which is a rare occurrence, um, which used to be, back in the day, sacred to the old gods, blah, blah, blah. Um. So, hunting party sets off. Uh, Jason Lannister gives uh, the series a gift lance for Aegon. That was awesome, by the way. I like that. Yeah. I was saying he would be honored to wed Rhaenyra. And the series is like, hey, um, so why do you think Aegon's going to be the heir when Rhaenyra already is? And... He's got to see a little bit of steel from him, which I liked. It, yeah, it was, it, that was solid. I enjoyed that. Um, so Lannister gets a little, uh, I would say, subdued and backs off. And then we get Otto talking to him, uh, Viserys, and that another option for him to, you know, protect Rhaenyra from... Uh, marriage talk, but also to solidify his power would be to marry his son, his two-year-old son, Aegon, to his 16-year-old daughter. Lena. Yep, and not quite as awkward as, you know, like the um, like the 12-year-old telling him that she w- hopes he won't have to sleep with her until she's 14. But, um, yeah, but in 10 years it's going to be awkward, because she'll be 26 and he'll be 12. Yeah. So, um, the king gets a little depressed and starts drinking pretty heavily. And then we get, um, I'm, I'm not sure how to read Lord Strong. What do you think about him? He's, he's the one that was trying to give him like real advice, right? Yeah. Cause he goes up to him and he's like, do you, do you want my opinion? And Viserys is like, oh, you're going to suggest your son, you know, the best knight in the realm. And he's like, nope. Uh, he's like, I would suggest you marry her to Sir Lenor, Corley's son, and solidify your houses that way since you snubbed him when you didn't marry his daughter. I think he's giving good advice. Now, maybe he has altern- ulterior motives because, I mean, what's the show without every character having them? But one thing we did learn is that he, his brother is Sir Harwin Breakbones. And I've got to trust him and his brother because Breakbones. That's a nickname. My question is less is does he have a you know like a ulterior motive and more is like is he is he loyal or is he you know like a, a sycophant for like somebody else? I I mean the the way I look at it is either way it was good advice. Yeah, I, I mean the I first mean, the first couple episodes, I kind of got the feeling that he was just like a an Hightower pawn, but this is mm. going straight against you know what Hightower suggests. 
I mean, this guy's going to be the closest thing we get to a Varus, I, I, I feel. So does he have that side to him, or is he just a guy who is trying his best to give good advice? I, I don't know. I, I think he's on the up and up. That That's where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we get some more scenes that really show, like, how lonely Viserys, Viserys is, you know, despite the fact that he's king and he's finally got the family that he wanted. He's still, you know, not uh, able to have everything. I think he would probably ended up having been happier if he hadn't been named king. Like, that's my impression I get. You know, like, this is a guy who much rather have been, like, the model old Valyria builder than king. Oh, yeah, he does not seem... Like, he's doing his duty because he has to, because that's just the way, you know, how he was born. He was born into this role, but no, he's not happy. He'd rather work his nine-to-five, go home, and, you know... Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, this this episode definitely built up at least some kind of sympathy slash empathy for the character. Oh, I, I think he's probably one of the most interesting ones we've got. At least, probably you know the most multifaceted. Uh, Defi- should, I, I would yeah. agree. They they built him very well. Um, they gave him a lot to work with, and he's done a dynamite job with it. I mean, like he said, this is the only king we've ever seen in Westeros. You know, who seems to actually have, like, the support of his people. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. Like, it's it's weird to see somebody who... I wouldn't necessarily label him as miserable, but he's definitely not happy being the king. And yet, I don't know, maybe that speaks... I wonder if the public also sees that in him. Like, eh, he, maybe he doesn't like his job, but he's doing a really good job, so we're just going to be cool with him. I don't know. I have many questions. Yep, and so we then come to um, Renera and Kristen. Uh, he wants them to return to camp, but she doesn't want to, and she's bemoaning the fact that, like, she will. Maybe this is mixing in the conversation I had earlier, but she's bemoaning the fact that, like, she has uh, no power and she's just a figurehead and he's like everything I've gotten in my life has basically been given to me by you so yes you have power you know uh, and then they get attacked by a boar and we get a pretty accurate of, like depiction of what happens when boars actually attack people um, they're terrifying little bastards oh yeah uh, Kristen stabs it through the back uh, but he's not quite dead, and Renera just goes to town on him with a dagger, and <laughs> she's fucking just drenched in boar blood. And I love that when they finally get back to camp the next day, she's still got it all over her. Oh, yeah, I love... Like, she wore that blood as a trophy, and that was the best case, because people are just looking at her like, oh, she gangsta right now. So I like that. Is it just me, or did... I, I hate to... I don't want to keep comparing characters to characters from Game of Thrones, but I really felt there was a lot of Sansa in Rhaenyra this week. Um, yeah, and I'll say that because I don't like Sansa, so... Yep, me neither. Um, 
you, I mean, you see in this episode how one discussion is able to fix a lot of the issues that she had, and the fact that like she and her dad waited for three years before having this discussion just makes you want to be like, what the fuck is going on? All right, quick question. I think we possibly touched on this last week. I feel that this week maybe further cemented the theory. Do you think... I think we discussed Rhaenyra possibly having a thing for Alicent before Alicent got chosen to be king. Mm -hmm. Or queen. I I think this week actually solidified that even more for me that I think that's who she wanted to be with. And I think that's... Like... Were lesbians like a thing, like as far as like a proper thing uh, back then? Because it doesn't seem like. Well, I mean, Westeros is its you know own place compared to Earth, and yeah, there there would have been lesbians. But I mean, think about the fact that like even you know what 170 years later, it was still shunned. Like Loras and Renly had to hide the fact that they were a couple. Yeah, I was trying to think yeah. of his damn name, Loris. I knew it was an L. That was it. Um, so, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, she was probably... Her and Allison could never have really had a proper relationship. They could have had one behind closed doors, yeah, ex- obviously. Exactly. It wouldn't, she never would have been able to marry her. You know, It wouldn't have been um, approved of, but it probably could have happened. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it, I I don't know. I just I've I've been asked that question a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, I feel that this week really cemented that for me. So, so then we get um, Alicent talking to Viserys by bonfire, and he tells her um, of the dream he had long ago, where Rhaenyra was the one who ended up being wearing a conqueror's crown, and you know back then he didn't believe, you know, he wasn't a and then he realized after, um, was it Baylor died that you know it was a What's true it? dream. Balon, Balon, B- yeah, but yeah, but B B number two who didn't make it. Um, B squared. <laughs> um, so he, you know, he's he's confused about what he should do. He wants to do right by his daughter and the kingdom. I mean, that seems to be what his conflict is when it comes to those two people. You know, or one one person and one entity. Yeah, like, th- this... Uh, I don't know, I think this scene summed up, like, his whole internal conflict. Like, I know he did great the whole episode, but this was the scene for me with him. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, so, next morning, we get the hunt. They've caught a giant brown stag instead of the white one that they were thinking of so uh, again Lannister gives him the lance and he approaches it slowly and he stabs it but it takes two stabs to kill Uh, everybody's happy Uh, then we cut to Rhaenyra and Kristen on the way back and they actually see the real white stag Can, can we go back for just a second here sure that was the weakest bitch ass hunt I've ever seen. Like, I get that he's not going to just try to take the stag on one on one, but I mean, you have all these guys just holding it in place. Like, 
at what point does this? I feel like that ceases to be a hunt oh. at some point. Well, I mean, that's what they turned into eventually. You know, oh. as we as we moved away from needing to hunt to sustain yourself to live and survive to we have enough money and enough crops coming in and enough what have you that we can hunt just on a whim for when we want to uh you know have sport yeah it just ah it, it really emphasized uh it emphasized a lot of things about you know as you say hunting for survival versus hunting for quote unquote sport or ceremony or whatever i was just I don't know. That scene just kind of turned me off. I, it was just... It made me appreciate Robert Baratheon because I'm just like, do you think Robert Baratheon actually had people holding holding things by antlers? Nah, he seemed like he just wanted to go and fight and then that's why he got got. Well, I mean, that should show you why you don't, don't drink before you go hunting boars, especially with, you know, like Lannister in-laws behind you. <laughs> I mean... Did we ever see a scene where Baratheon, when Robert wasn't, like, drunk before the injury? <laughs> I do not think we did. I think he was pretty much drunk the entire time, but he was if fantastic. you had been married to Cersei, probably would have explained why. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Go on with the white stag. So, Renera and Kristen see the white stag, and Mike gets walks up to them, makes eye contact with her, and then she stops it from... Um, Stops Kristen from killing it and lets it go. Then she comes back to camp carrying, well, having Kristen drag the boar that she killed behind her covered in blood, which is awesome. <laughs> yes. I, once again, I, I that was my favorite scene for her, by the way, was just the walk. Yep. Um, so we are back in King's Landing. Um. Uh, Otto and Alicent are chatting. Uh, Otto is convinced that Aegon will be king, and Alicent is like, "No, it's you know Renera's place, not Aegon's." Um. So I think that kind of gives us a little insight into her character. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I don't know if she's strong enough on her own to like completely go against what her father wants, but she definitely doesn't agree with him on everything. I, I, I do feel that Allison does want good things for Rhaenyra, if nothing else. Yeah. At, at least right now, who, who knows down the road. I, I mean, I don't, I would have, I'm assume there was some kind of feeling there for her, for Rhaenyra as well, but definitely friendship. And she's, you know, you can see that she misses the fact that, like, that friendship's gone and Rhaenyra's kind of looks at her as, like, the evil stepmother. Right. I mean, it's the natural progression of how that was going to play out, no matter how you look at it. It just, it, they they did it really well, if all things considering, but, yeah. Conflict. So we then get Alicent talking to Viserys and says that, you know, if Renera is going to get married, she has to think, she has to want it herself. You can't force her to do it. Which, I mean, that's a pretty good advice for dealing with teenagers and <laughs> any capacity. Yeah. yeah. And then she, um, she gives him, the, he starts, they talk, start talking about the, um, the, the crab feeder war. 
And she, she basically breaks it down for him. She's like, is it better for the crab feeder to be in power or for you to take him out now? You know, for the king. Crabs or vanquishes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked that scene. Actually, that was probably my favorite thing that Allison did. Yeah, I, I did too. I mean, she was able to cut through the bullshit. Um, at, yeah. Go at ahead. a time where everybody was all up in their feelings, she was very practical. Yeah, which which is better for us, if he wins or if he loses. Yeah. Um. So then we go to Viserys saying he's sending aid to the front. And then we get an argument with Rhaenyra where she's like, you have no more use for me because you have Aegon. And we get another good scene between her father and her where he tells her straight up front, you know, you're my heir. You, I'm not changing that, but we have to protect the line. So you need to get married too. Um, But I'm not going to force you. Find a match for love, just like I was able to marry your mother and love her. So I, I like that scene, too. Great like, scene. Yeah. It really was. And then we come to the part that fucking put me to sleep. Uh, yeah. You know what? Before we do that, I, I mean, I'm just going to toss this out there. I know we're probably going to do it at the end, but eh, screw it. Uh, do you do you have any insight as to who she's going to marry, or are you just speculating at this point? Um, the only thing I know, like, this, uh, this is what I know. Um, she and Aegon are basically the the two main sides in the the war, the Dance of the Dragons. You know, because there better be dancing. Her at some point, Alicent and Crispin, Kristen. Um, <laughs> I got you saying it. Yeah, thank you. Talk <laughs> talk Aegon into rebelling. Um. And I'm pretty sure that they poisoned Viserys. Oh, all right. Um, so, like, my first choice from the way things are going on here would have been Kristen, but he seems to have land, land on the other side. So I'm not, okay. I'm not sure. Um, but I know the one who ends up actually winning the overall war is her son, Aegon. <laughs> Wait, whose son? Renera has another son named Aegon as well. Oh, okay. You know, I'm just going to make a bold prediction right now, because I don't know if this guy even has a son or not, but my vote is for her to marry Sir Harold Westerling's son. Because that dude's a big hoss, and I like him. Yeah, he's, he's Scottish. <laughs> yeah, he... I don't know, like, I like every little scene that he's in. Like, he kind of stands out in some weird way to me without doing anything. Well, he seems like a good head of the head Kingsguard. Yeah, 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 I really dig him. So, that that's my pick. Um. So, yeah, I don't know who she marries. I just know that she has a son, and the son is the eventual victor in the overall war. Do we, do we know, like... uh if the Lancers are really going to be involved, or if this was kind of like a, I don't want to say like a one-off, but like the Lancers aren't going to be as big of a. Well, I mean, they're they're one of the what six main fucking families in Westeros, so yeah. So we should get more of them. Okay, good. I yeah. I mean, they're fascinating. But I mean, it all depends on on you know what what goes on. But yeah, I mean, like the the Lannisters, the Starks, the um, 
I think the Tyrells came to power later on, but the the Martells were down in Dorne for. A while. I mean, so yeah, I mean, um, they you know there are certain families that go all the way back to you know before the Targaryens came. Yeah, well, good. I mean, that gives us plenty of material for however long this thing goes. So that that's a plus. Um, all right, let's go to the. Meh. So we get the the Valerian family, Corlys and his brother. I don't even there's remember. There's Vaemon, Vaemon, and then there's yeah. Laenor. Laenor was the son. his son. Yeah. Corlys' son, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we're for somehow we're down to two weeks of supplies left. We've been getting our ass kicked. We don't have faith in Damon anymore. Uh, Damon shows up, and then a messenger arrives, and this, he's the one who gives them the message that Vis- Viserys is coming to help them. And Damon pounds the shit out of him. Why, though? I didn't understand that. Uh, because Damon doesn't look at this as like, hey, help is coming. Damon looks at this as like, you fucked up, and you can't even clean up your own mess, so now I'm coming to clean up behind you. Okay. I, I, hey, I love everything about Damon, so you know what? I... I was all about him beating up the messenger. I just didn't quite understand it, but yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he's he's all about, I'm going to show you that I deserve to be your hand if I go winning this war that's going to last for three years and not actually winning it until you show up on your dragon. That's so what I would do if I had white hair or hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or dragon? Well, there you go. <laughs> Yep. Um, so Damon rows a boat away, takes a white flag to parlay, offers his sword. Crab feeder approaches. Could, could this not have been more obvious? And then Damon draws a knife and rushes them, killing a shit ton. Gets shot a bunch of times with arrows. Enemy horde surrounds him. The Valarian troops finally arrive. Uh, um, one of them on a dragon for air support, and then Damon runs into the after the crab feeder into a cave, walks out with carrying the crab feeder's torso and his intestines, and we lose one of the coolest looking guys in Game of Thrones, unlike the second episode that we've seen him. Yeah, <sighs> that was disappointing. I have a question because I've been into a slight, uh, we'll say, discussion as opposed to argument. Um, about who was riding the dragon. I have no fucking clue, dude. Um, like, looking at this synopsis, they're saying it was, um, Laner Valerian. Okay, that's what Raylene said, and I'm like, I didn't think it was him, but only Targaryen, or people with Targaryen blood can ride a dragon, right? Yes, but he's... So it would make sense. He's, he's a Rainey's, half and half. yeah. Rainey's son. Okay. So... Okay, I, I think I'm just they wrong. They I did kept not looking. do a very good job of showing us who it was. Like I was trying, I'm like, that doesn't look like Viserys. It doesn't sound like him, but I'm like, they did a really bad job with that. They yeah. should have shown who it was. All right, so the synopsis of the episode is over. Um, I don't know. You get you've been asking questions. Have we been going along? Like, what are your thoughts overall? Well, um. I'll tell you that the carrying of the torso thing reminded me of a very specific scene in a movie called Freddy vs. Jason at the very end. 
So I'm just waiting for the crab feeder to like wink at us. I don't know that just the horror fan in me um, could not could not have been more disappointed in how quickly the crab feeder is dead because I thought you know this guy could be really interesting and he had my attention every scene and then it was just done. Meanwhile, I mean Damon does come off looking pretty badass. I liked everything they did with him. Um, I don't know. To me, he's still the most interesting character of the show. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I know Viserys is more complicated and have more stuff to work with, but Damon, I don't know. I think we're just scratching the surface with him. Would you not agree? Um, I I hope so. Because if he's kind of one-dimensional like he seems to be, then he's not going to be anywhere near as interesting as he could be. Um, no, my biggest problem with this is like I, the action scenes sucked. The way they filmed them sucked. There was a lack of cohesion, um, clarity, too many quick cuts. Um, we ended up getting some decent ones at the end, but uh, again, like I mean, we had a guy on a dragon, and you couldn't even tell who the fuck it was supposed to be. Um, same thing with like some of the shit going on, like. I can give a hypothesis for why I think Damon beat the shit out of the messenger, but you know, they didn't do a good enough job of showing us, you know, rather they, than t- they spent yeah. so much time on everything else. But then all of a sudden this, this scene felt very rushed and two to three extra minutes in an already long episode would have really helped though. I mean, and we're, we see beaches and shit, but I'm like, we're, this guy is supposed to be such a threat to the shipping lanes that I would imagine he's more of a pirate than a dude with, like, a standing army. Well, yeah, okay, I agree with that, and, and if quite you, frankly... If you, ha- I, if you cause people who, who need ships for their power to retreat into fucking caves, you've already won, because they're not on their ships anymore. So how is this fucking war dragging on for three years? Ding, ding, ding. That Yeah, that that's what I really want to know. Like, they're holed up in caves, and the whole issue is that you don't... Like this is supposed to be affecting trade trade routes, right? Yeah, yeah. He's he was attacking Corley's um, ships, you know, basically a pirate, um, and you know, taking the wealth, taking the goods, taking the people for slaves or killing them, you know. So once you've like a once you've got him off his ship, yeah, he's got an army. But what the fuck are they going to do? Especially if they're holed up in like. All you would have to do would be to blockade them, and we know that Corley's has the largest fleet fucking anywhere right now, um, and you prevent them from getting food. So, like, how are they holding out for three years? You know, that's that's the shit that, like, how is this in such a dire strait unless Damon and Corley's are just such fucking shitty generals that they fucking, that, you know, that, that's the part that, like, didn't make sense to me. Yeah, it didn't quite. Uh, yeah, it it just it didn't add up. the The writing was mediocre at best. Uh, actually, it was less than mediocre in, in my opinion, because there's so many questions that beg for answers, and we didn't really get them. But I guess on the plus side, you could look at it and be like, "Well, at least it's done with for now." But I mean, it just feels like such a missed opportunity. But I assume we'll. 
this won't be the last time we hear from the Triarchy, or was was Crabfeeder like the head of Triarchy? No, he was, I think if I recall correctly, he was trying to position himself to enter into it. Okay. So, so I mean, like, look what I can do. made of the free cities, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he was a prince of, of one of them. What, Mir? I think so. So he was like, look what I can do. I should be on the council, blah, 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 kind of shit. Everybody's afraid of me. I feed them to the crabs, and I have grayscale. And for some reason, I'm wearing the son of the harpy mask 200 years before. There's a need to be a harpy. That's right. I'm, I just hope we have a crab feeder junior that comes into play much later on. That's the hope and the dream. Or he has a brother that we don't know about. What if he's got children and they're crab people? <laughs> well, then we're in for a treat, my friend. Because crab people, they, they, they're real. So, I mean, my opinion of this is like there was some there's some cool shit like again in the beginning you know you got Damon going by himself like assaulting a whole army on the dragon like sure i could see you doing that i mean we saw scenes where like uh what's your nuts did it in game of thrones but you know i wouldn't be like landing my dragon and then being like come out on fucking face me in one on one combat um so yeah just a lot of like like plot decisions for plot decisions. Yeah, I I hate the cowardice at times. Like, you know what? You got the two two guys in charge. Just let them go at it head to head instead of all this plot 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 plot. You know, sometimes I I just want somebody brazen enough to be like, yeah, let's let's just do this fight. I don't know. Uh, yeah, disappointed and I'll I'll also I don't know if this will make you laugh or not, but I watched you know the preview for next week and after a minute of the preview all the thing that i have written down is some accusations <laughs> like that's i, I still haven't it watched up. it yeah um i mean so like i enjoyed all of the character stuff we got you know the stuff with viserys and rainia and uh Rhaenyra, excuse me Rhaenyra and alicent and you know like enough to make us question like is this strong a good guy or is he you know, in somebody's employ, and we're seeing that Otto's bad, and we're seeing that Lannisters are always Lannisters. Well, maybe not. I mean, it. Uh, what is, what's the the actual one going to the court? Not Jason, but oh, Tyland. Tyland, yeah, he seems to be a decent guy. You know, he could be. Yeah, I mean, Tyrion was. Yeah. Um. Joffrey was. <laughs> Sorry, had to. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, uh, we'll we'll find out more, I guess, as we go. But um, but yeah, like the, and then they, you know, we have like him kill the crap here, and we don't even get to see it. You know, like the dude's got that's got, what pissed me off. Dude's got three arrows on fire sticking out of him. He's bleeding all over the place. You know, he runs into the cave by himself, and he just comes out dragging him. You know, and we get to see a nice shot with the intestines, you know, severed and that stuff. But uh, I, like, it, I know they, everybody wants. They to see blew their, their. It feels like they they blew their load without like aiming anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Some you gotta have good aim. You know, get a little sloppy, but you know, if Thailand kills Jason or vice versa. Is that not only homicide but suicide since it's the same character playing both roles? 
Um, no. Okay. I need to ask that. Uh, yeah, like, come on, we could have had at least a two-minute fight scene. If you're going to go long on an episode, then give us something there. And I, I can't imagine anybody watching this episode was like, no, no, spare me those two minutes. I don't want to see Damon and Crabfeeder fight one-on-one. No. Yeah. I mean, we got, like, gratuitous gore shots with, like, um, Corley's brother. I forgot what his name is. You know, like, axing dudes in the head. Oh, and, yeah. Baymond or whatever. He was doing work. Yeah, he was. I mean, so where was he for the last three years? <laughs> you know? I mean, this is this is, foolish mortal. this is a war between two navies, and it, uh, the, all the fighting is happening on the shore. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck is going yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the dragons no. will burn our boats. We gotta, we gotta go hide in caves for three years and have perfect armor when we come out. One, one thing this episode did is it kept cementing my fear that I had last week that we discussed. I'm still a bit hung up on this whole. Well, we know that Rhaenyra is never going to take the throne, and it in some way harms. The series. It it just harms the series in some way. Unlike the only example I could think of was like Star Wars Rogue One, where you knew the outcome but it was still like an exhilarating journey, but they didn't do a franchise of it, it was just a one and done film. Yeah, I mean Well, I mean to to be fair though, like my dad watched Rogue One and he didn't realize that they were all gonna die. I'm like Really? I'm like, Dad, you're like a bigger Star Wars fan than I am and that's fucking stupid. Sorry, sorry, Dad. I'm sure you never listen to these, so I don't have to worry about about you getting upset. Um, but um, yeah, I mean that's that's a problem about doing something like this, stretching it out for five years. I mean, sure, if you look at it like the the journey is not the destination, but the actual journey itself. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff we didn't know, a lot of stuff we find out, a lot of stuff that's cool. But if you are somebody who's like the trip is all about just the destination and not the the journey I took, well, then yeah, we already know how it ends. I mean, we already know, for the most part, broad strokes, who lives and who dies. I I would say I don't you know, it's just like this thing that's kind of hanging over the series. Where like, all right, I'll give another example for a TV series, which was with Walking Dead when it was announced that. Daryl and Carol were going to get their own spinoff series. So now you're doing two seasons worth of content, and we know that no matter how bad of a position these two characters are put in for these last two seasons, they're not going to make it. It's something like that that it doesn't hurt it because you can still tell a good story, but it's still ever-present. That that's where I'm at with it. It's just ever-present. It's going to be lingering and looming. It's. I mean, it's... It's different from something like The Walking Dead 2, where they started deviating from the comics relatively early on. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you have all the big changes that they made um, versus something where, like, they've tried to stay true to what's on the page, you know, up until there wasn't anything on the page anymore. Yeah. I I mean, I, I don't want to come off saying, like, sound like, I'm not excited to see where this goes. I, I truly am excited to see where it goes. It is strictly just a matter of me still thinking. At the end of the day, I'm like, 
okay, we kind of got the big outcome. They need to have something else. They need a little extra something for that final destination. It'd be nice to have something else to kind of look forward to. Yeah, I mean, it feels like this one has a lot of, like, the like major questions. It, it, it's lacking them. You know, like the fact that George R. R. Martin hadn't finished Game of or Song of Ice and Fire when Game of Thrones started, you know, we so, you know, Jon Snow died at the end of the last book that was written. So we didn't know if he was coming back. We didn't know who his parents actually were. We didn't know what the deal was going on with the White Walkers. You know, we never even saw the fact that there's a Night King kind of shit. We didn't know if Arya was ever going to get a revenge. We didn't know if Sansa was ever going to come into power. We didn't, you know, all of these questions left for us because we we didn't have the answer. And whether or not they answered them successfully, um, you know, that's another story. It kept us wondering, though. But here, I mean, like, what's what's the main question? I mean, we we know who ends up on the throne. We know that a hundred and uh, 72 years later, there's a rebellion um, that kills the family. We know what happens, you know, from the point on. So, I mean, it it seems like much of the overarching mystery isn't there. I mean, I'll even compare it right now to another show that's like Lord of the Rings, The First Age. Um, even though we, we know how that ends, too, the fact that there's like 12,000 years of space that really hasn't had that much written about it gives them way more freedom than, you know, only dealing with, you know, 170 years prior to what we've already seen with, you know, like a history book written about what happened in those intervening years. I I look at it in this way, and this is going to come off incredibly insulting, Um, but earlier today when I was gaming with Raylene, she's like, so... Why Why all this tease? We already know that Rhaenyra's never going to get on the th- throne, right? Like, they've already established that Daenerys was the first one. I'm like, yes. And I say this as nicely as possible. She's not the type of person that thinks too deeply into this stuff like you and I do. Mm-hmm. So if it's abundantly obvious to someone like her that's not thinking that far, that tells me that, like, I, I don't know. Like, it just... It's going to be an ever-present thing. Like, it doesn't ruin it. It just is going to be there, and there's no getting around that. Yeah. Uh, the, You know, it's weird. I'm looking on IMDb. I can't help this, but this was the highest-rated episode so far uh, uh, from, like, uh, people voting on it, which I find absurd. I agree. I mean, I personally, in my opinion, it would be one, two, three. Yeah, uh, yeah. The first, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. Uh, but hey, the next one's called King of the Narrow Sea. Yeah, unfortunately, when I went to log in to uh, look up the synopsis for this episode, I saw what the synopsis for the next episode was. So that might have spoiled it a little bit for me. Yep, I just read it and now. I feel a little spoiled, but that's okay. I'll forget it when I answer my questions. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, so, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I still like what they're doing, but again, it, it's, I'm, I'm not as invested as I was in Game of Thrones, especially you know having, having read the books for, 
you know, I think I read the first one in in 98 or 99. So, you know, I was reading them, what, you know, like 12, 13 years before they actually made the show. Right. I'll say this, by November, well, the first season probably ends sometime in November, right? I believe its first season is 11 episodes. Yeah, it says 11, but there's only 10. Oh, is, it's is, very did, confusing. Did they do the whole thing where the episode zero was like, this is the pre-production bullshit? Apparently, yeah. So, I mean, come November, I'll be horror-movied out for a bit. I think I may actually go back and rewatch Game of Thrones. Um, I don't know. It just seems like something... I always try to find something to do in November that's really mind-numbing that I don't have to pay too much attention to, and that seems just about right. Well, I... Every year, the only ho- the only vacation I take every year is in November, and it's the week... Because I, I got married, and my son's birthday are exactly a week apart. So I, okay. I always try to take, you know... So I have both of those time periods off together. Uh, and the one thing that I do every year on vacation that I haven't done so far this year because I got COVID uh, is rewatch, binge the entire Lord of the Rings thing because I have all of The Hobbit and now all of the Lord of the Rings uh, extended editions. So, I mean, that's only like 27 hours of, of movies to watch. But, I mean, I can't do them all in one day. So, uh, but yes, one of the very few complete collection of series that I have on Blu-ray is the entire Game of Thrones series. So that's a possibility too. I could do. Well, not like that. I mean, if you have HBO, you could always do that too. It just feels, I mean, better when you have to actually get up and put the disc in. You're right. I don't, you, I don't, you really are right on that. I don't feel quite as lazy. <laughs> Listen, I have everything as digitalized as possible because it does not get any lazier than this oh, guy. Do you know I hear you? I, like, my bookshelves are triple stacked. I can't buy any more books, my wife told me, so everything I get now has to be digital. Um, like, our, our movie DVD shelves, they're full, you know, and most of them aren't Blu-ray. So, yeah, we, we try to do as much digital as possible now, too. On the plus side, you have access to a pretty substantial library, so that's a good thing. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't know any individual person who owns more books than I do. I was referring to my movie library on Voodoo. But yes, that too. (laughs) Glad we're on the same page. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, my my Voodoo's pretty good too. My, My wife is very good about, you know, everything that she buys, she puts on, up on the, uh, Voodoo app. I mean, I have, I think, almost every single DreamWorks and uh, Illumination stuff for my son. So, that's cool. You know, I think I have the extended edition of all the... I do. Actually, for The Lord of the Rings, I have normal and extended, and then Hobbit, I just have extended. Yeah, I used to have all of the normal ones, too, but I was like, why am I keeping, you know... It's foolish. 16... regular discs and, you know, like 24 Blu-ray discs. I used to have, I don't know if they were probably like the special edition DVD that came like in like the, the blue, books? red, yeah. and green. Yeah, yeah, yeah I all, had that. That was awesome. I, 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 yeah. I still might have them. I don't know. I got rid of so many of my DVDs because I was just like, 
I'm only holding on this so I can look at this every once in a while and never, not even like open it up. Like, so it's just for looking at. Like, this is foolish. I need to clear off space space for something that I actually could use. Yeah, yeah, I had the same problem. I mean, we were saving so much shit, and it was eventually just like. You know, do I need to have the Transformer special edition that looks like, you know, Galvatron's head, you know, in order to take up like two feet on my shelf when I could just, you know, keep the disc? Yeah, I, dude, I, I had a big statue from Dark Souls 2 or 3. I think it was 2. And I was just like, what am I really doing with this? I'm not going to play with it. It's just for display. And I'm not going to ever sell it for any substantial money. Like, I, I, I had to kind of give up on, on certain things. I My new big thing is i got to get rid of my Funkos because they take up a lot of space. Ooh. I only have a couple, it, but uh, I'm not getting rid of them. I, I'm deeply attached to about half my collection and the other half. Like, I have a ton of Game of Thrones ones that I can get rid of, but I'm not getting rid of the Hound or the Mountain. Gotcha. Not doing it. Is it, is it the Mountain... Pre-zombie or post-zombie? I believe it is the zombie variant, because I think the other one was way too expensive by the time I thought to get him. Uh, the Hound was outrageously priced, uh, too. I got him for a good deal, but then uh, delivery kind of crunched up the box, and that sucked. But since I'm... You know, it's not one of those things I plan on reselling, so I was okay with it. If I was going to resell I would have been super fly pissed. Yeah, for sure. Well, I um, I don't have anything to say, I think, other than the fact that, have you seen the trailers for Barbarian? Because that's getting, like, rave reviews from everybody. Nope, haven't even heard of it. Uh, from what I understand, if you are even thinking about going seeing it, which you might now since you finally heard about it, um, don't, don't do any research, go in blind. But yeah, they're saying it's like the best horror movie of the year. Oh, it's a horror movie. Yeah. I I was expecting like a prequel to Conan the Barbarian or something. I, I heard one reviewer say, you know, some people might watch it and be like, where was the Barbarian in the movie? <laughs> now, the third Halloween movie's coming out this year, right? I, I think so. I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. but I've only seen, what, a teaser trailer for it? Yeah, I mean, whatever. I just want it to come out so I can just watch all three of them and be like... Okay, cool. Fourth different time dimension of the same story. Great. Grand. Wonderful. Moving on. Yeah. Um, did you hear that... Uh, I don't know if it's on Twitter or something. Um, Cunningham, uh, the dude with Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. He had something on social media about a new Friday the 13th movie. Oh, no, I didn't. I, I don't know if... He was just doing that to gauge interest, or, or but sounded kind of solid. So, Sean Cunningham's his yeah. name. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe him and Victor Miller have possibly come to a conclusion of like, hey, you're just going to get X per- percentage of the money, blah, blah, blah. Like, just settle it and be done with it. Yeah. It, w- it would that, be nice. I mean, that's basically really be. been hung up in... Right, Slimbo. I mean, that's why we only got the one remake, didn't we? Right, yeah, and that was from Warner Brothers, I want to say. I mean, last I knew, LeBron James technically owns, like, a portion of, like, the Friday the 13th 
franchise. I remember that. Like that is so maybe, fucking weird. <laughs> like he invested in like a company that owned a percentage of it. It was like, wow, that is it, it, just utterly bizarre. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know. Like, are we due for any other? Uh, like big franchise, we're not due for anything this year, right? As far as you know, um, no. I mean, and I mean, I don't even know what what big franchises we got left. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, because so, we got Child's Play on TV. So many people are talking about like rebooting and remaking and and whatnot. I mean, the only consistent horror I think we've been getting lately has been Bloomhouse and A twenty four, and those aren't necessarily huge in like the series kind of stuff um right. i mean uh we're getting hellraiser but i know that's once again a tv series i know evil dead is now not going direct to t or whatever it's going to be in the movie theaters and that's going to be a sequel to the reboot yeah and i, yeah. I i'm i'm already on record i don't give a fuck it about it i um, hated that so i've never heard if they said anything about there's going to be another sequel to Candyman. I hope so, because, I mean, they really, they opened it up, quite frankly, with the reboot. The the latest Texas Chainsaw didn't do well. On Netflix? I haven't seen it yet, but that's for October. Is is it out on Netflix now? It debuted on Netflix. No, there was, I think there Netflix was, owned there was one that um was just in the theater. What? It only made, and I think I want to say, it, I think it bombed. Maybe maybe it was like a Netflix thing, and we're going to put it in the theaters too. That would make some sense. Um, I mean, I know. I just saw an article that I didn't get a chance to read where somebody was somebody was talking about wanting to do a remake of Nightmare on Elm Street with Robert Englund reprising Freddy. Uh yeah. Actually, one of the better rumors I heard, and I, I love the idea, is doing an animated. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, so Robert England could still do the voice oh, without having to. Dude, that would be dark fix. as fuck. They could do some sick shit with that, and I'd be all in on. I that. mean, could you imagine doing getting like the, some of the animators from like um, Love, Death, and Robots to do like a fucking Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger kind of thing? Dude, you could do. I mean, there, there's a lot of talented artists out there. It, it would just be a trippy, cool thing, and I. You know what? If you're if they're not going to go ahead with Kevin Bacon in the reboot, then animate's the way to go. And I think I think it would be a huge success, honestly. Um, so yeah, we've got the new Halloween coming out, but like you said, the rights are wrapped up all over the place for um, Friday the Thirteenth. Um, I I'm assuming they're going to do another Conjuring sometime because even even the the worst ones in that franchise make money but i am yeah i still haven't seen part actually i haven't seen a lot of them now um but uh, i mean i haven't heard anything about it uh i know for for a while they were talking about um like throwing bagul into like uh an insidious because they wanted to keep the character but they didn't want to do another sinister by itself after the way two didn't work out but who knows if we're ever going to get another Insidious. Um, I, I don't want another Insidious. I, I want another Sinister, but something that just is better than Part 2. 
I mean, I, I really think, I think we talked about this before, that, like, having the kids talk fucking ruined it. Yep. Um, I think James Wan was talking about doing a sequel to Malignant. Oh, take my money now, sir. But, I mean, he's got Aquaman in between that, and I think something else after Aquaman. Was it you or somebody else talked to me recently about Saw? Yeah, nope. I, I read for sure they're doing another Saw 10, I believe. And it's going to be the Saw 6 director doing it again. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that was you and I, and we had that conversation. I'm just finding this out. Did you know that there was a Children of the Corn made in 2020? I did not. I wouldn't be surprised. It's not Runaway. Children of the Popcorn. I think this is a third reboot. Well, it'll be... I mean, I again, like like I just said, do we... Where are we sitting? I mean, you would think that something like Critters would be ripe for a, a reboot or... Yeah, but who knows? I mean, I guess, I guess we just got Prey for Predator. So um, you said you're saving that for October, right? I don't know. I almost watched it a couple days ago. You almost, or you did? I almost. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, I, yeah. I, like, again, who knows? I mean, there's at least there's been a lot of good independent or, you know, slightly independent horror coming out this year. Yeah. I, I've been, I, every year I try to look up, like, what was the best of the past year, past two years, and try to get my hands on it for October just you know, just to see what people are talking about and if it's good or not, and you know, it's always hit or miss, uh, of course. But that's horror in general. Uh, I'm okay with not sticking to franchises all the time. Like a good one one-off movie is perfectly fine in the horror realm. Uh, most sequels to franchises suck, but they they also are memorable. It, it's very weird oh. in how that is. I guess we're getting another scream without Neff Campbell. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. I, I believe we're done with paranormal activity for a while, at least. I think. Yeah, I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything. I think that and the purge, I think, are done. The final. Oh well, yeah, because the final purge was. Yeah. So I'm still mad at that. Okay, a year later, I'm still mad at that damn movie. I brought it up so, just on purpose. Yep, yep. You're welcome. Uh, all good. All good. You know what I'm wondering about, and not enough to actually look it up, but just to remark about it right now. Hmm. I wonder what the stat- excuse me the status of all the old Full Moon um, franchises are right now. Ooh. You know, like Dollman, Demonic Toys, Puppet Master, Trancers, Subspecies. Dude, dude so that company doesn't exist anymore right i don't think they do but i'm i I mean i know that somebody was making like an independent puppet master remake i mean why didn't anchor just pick them up because anchor seems to have (laughs) so much bad stuff Uh, yeah i don't know all right Uh, well i mean considering that 
We've been talking for almost an hour and a half about House of the Dragon, and probably only 40 minutes of that has been about the actual show. That should say a lot about this week's episode. But hey, next week we get some accusations about something that happened that Rhaenyra may or may not have done and or said. Cool. Awesome. Well, Kent, I had a good time talking about it with you. Um, This was the worst episode so far of the season, but not a bad episode. It wasn't bad. It just, if you watched it while you're the least bit tired, there was a good chance you were falling asleep. I had to watch it the ending twice because I fell asleep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's all good. So, yeah, next week we're going to come back with more energy, maybe not talk for 15 minutes about video games before we hit the show. Maybe we will, though. Who knows? Yeah, maybe I'll finally... Th- you know what? Next week I'm going to make sure I talk about uh, Evil Within. Anyway. Oh! <laughs> Anyways, um, good night, Internet. Take care, and we'll see you soon. See ya. <laughs>